All right, people. Coffee, coffee, coffee. Got my coffee right next to me. But first and foremost, before we jump into this um, this topic for this uh, this episode, let me just uh, apologize and correct myself for yesterday's episode. I did a I did a trailer reaction for uh, Godzilla versus Kong. Literally within minutes after the trailer dropped, man, I was losing my shit. It was a, I feel like it was a great episode, great reaction. It was an amazing trailer. But I do have to apologize, like I said, and correct myself, because the whole time that I'm talking during this, uh, you know, during this trailer reaction and thoughts episode, I literally realized this morning that I was saying the name of the wrong director, man. And if it's one like I like to be proved, I like to be wrong, like when I think a movie is going to be trash and then the movie looks good or the movie, the trailer looks good or something like that, something along the lines of that. But excuse me, I hate to be. 100% wrong just like blatantly wrong I literally kept giving praise to Michael Doherty or Michael Doherty um the director of Trick or Treat and Krampus and I, I think please don't quote me on this man I think he was the director of Godzilla King of the Monsters but I was completely wrong man I was giving him praise the the entire time like every time I would shout out the director I'm like yeah man Big shout out to Michael Doherty, man, for doing this movie. It looks like he did an amazing job with it. The director, actually, of Godzilla vs. Kong that's coming out this year, March 26th of this year, by the way, is actually Adam Wingard, man. And my apologies to both Michael Doherty and Adam Wingard, man. I, I hate to get shit like misconstrued like that because if it's, you know... It's so bad for people to just, um, you know, I could have just misled the wrong person and they could have been like, oh, my God, man, I, they could have went on their page or something or went online like, yo, I didn't know Michael Doherty directed this, man. And Adam Wingard could just be like, why the fuck are people, you know, I'm, I know he's not going to hear it, man. We're small flies compared to, um, you know, compared to the caliber of the shit that they're doing. But um, again, man, that was definitely my fault. And uh, big ups to Mr. Adam Wingard. That's the guy I need to give praise to for this uh, Godzilla versus Kong trailer and what looks to be like a really good movie that's coming out, man. And um, the funny thing is, is I, I didn't have a turnaround when I realized that it was Adam Wingard or when I forgot that it was Adam Wingard. I didn't have a turnaround, but uh, I just think it's very interesting for him to jump from the type of movies he's done to a movie of this stature you know this behemoth of of uh you know not just a movie but a, a series basically these are two separate characters man who, who have series of their own um long lasting series of their own but adam wingard funny enough man he directed um i think he directed your next that slasher movie that came out a few years back the guest uh blair witch not the blair witch project and not part two but the third movie the found footage movie which actually didn't look as bad as the first two uh and this movie called death note i think he uh directed which didn't really get good reviews from what i remember i'm not a big i'm not you know i don't know anything about it so i can't call myself a fan but i think it's funny that um you know i i, I um misled myself to believe that michael doherty was was a, was a director and it was actually adam wingard because i'm gonna be completely honest man i do not like your next uh your next is one of those movies that's going to pop up for y'all sooner than later because i have a movie list of overrated films whether they're horror whether they're thriller whatever the case may be comedy but uh your next is actually on that list of movies that i think are completely overrated um i it's it's just not my cup of tea man it's got a badass final girl in there um 
but that's that's about it man but nonetheless man uh, again big ups to adam wingard my apologies people for the confusion uh if anybody was listening to it and y'all just heard me be 200 percent wrong about who the director was man but um you know uh if, if i can jump on you know uh just just backtrack for a second not take too much time on it uh you know the 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 godzilla versus kong trailer like i said was amazing man i, I was like completely blown away by the shit that i saw by the by the looks of the movie just the way that the action and the fight scenes look like i said the characters are a plus and um you know millie bobby brown's in it from uh, uh from king of the monsters and stranger things julian dennison who you know like i said i don't like that kid from deadpool 2 maybe i like him in this movie i don't know but i'm going into this movie hoping that um I don't hate him because he's going to be like kind of like the sidekick of Millie Bobby Brown's character. It looks like. And another thing I got to apologize for is people. I kept saying Stellan Skarsgård yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Alexander Skarsgård is actually the Skarsgård brother. Stellan is um I want to say Stellan is the one that was in the Marvel movies and Deep Blue Sea. Bill Skarsgård is the one that played Pennywise and Alexander Skarsgård is the one that played Tarzan now he is the one that's in this movie so again my apologies for that I was wrong I think I was just so hype I just got wrong a whole bunch of shit in that episode man and just did not catch it but um you know Kyle Chandler Rebecca Hall Zhang Z who I I, I hope I don't get this wrong either I, I want to say that she played Chung Lee in uh the original Street Fighter movie with uh, with Raul Julia and Jean-Claude Van Damme I didn't even peep she was in it and speaking of things I didn't peep um Shout out to cousin Chuck, man. My, my my cousin hit me up yesterday. I went over to my uncle's for a couple hours and my cousin hit me up and he the first thing he said and I knew why he was calling me. He and I, you know, I called him earlier today. He didn't pick up, but I knew why he was calling me back and he knew why I was calling him in the first place. So he was like, yo, cuz, did you see that Godzilla vs. Contrail? And I'm like, you're fucking right. You know, I saw it. That's why I called you. And he he we started talking about it and just nerding out over it. But one of the things he pointed out was. He said to me, and this blew my fucking mind, and I really wanted to do a trailer breakdown yesterday, but I said, no, I can't wait, and I'm not going to take the time out to do that because I'm just too hype. He said to me something I couldn't believe, and he said, did you see Mechagodzilla in the trailer? And I said, no, he wasn't in there. (laughs) So he, he goes, yo... Mechagodzilla is in the trailer, bro. He said, go back, watch in the beginning when they're running, you know, when it's like the destruction and the town and, you know, and the townspeople are running. He said, you can see Mechagodzilla standing above all those people just walking towards the city. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here, man. Bullshit. I say, yeah, I see war bat or something that looked like two war bats. I said, I seen a whole bunch of things, but Mechagodzilla wasn't in there. He said, bro, go back and watch the trailer. You'll see it. And it's crazy because I waited. I was like a couple beers in, man, and I was buzzing. And then lo and behold, I watched the trailer. Goddamn, people. Now, I know there's a whole bunch of people that are noticing this and they're doing trailer breakdown episodes. And kudos to y'all, man, for for having that eye because I did not spot it when I first saw it and did the trailer reaction. Y'all saw it y'all or y'all heard it. Y'all listened to it. But um, Mecha Godzilla is definitely in this movie, people. Uh, you see the chromed out Godzilla frame. You see the red lights on his chest or like on his neck, whatever it is. It's brief, but if you pause it just right, you can see it. You can see Mecha Godzilla in this movie, man. And God damn it, this movie is going to be something amazing. Now, with that being said, people, let's let's focus on the task at hand. Uh, I'm, I'm already like seven, almost eight minutes in um, just ranting and raving about this shit. What I want to really talk about here is basically just the history of these versus films, because 
you know, we we've had a long actually we've had a really long history of movies where Titans clash, whether it be horror, whether it be, um, you know, action, whatever the genre may be, mainly horror and action uh, along the lines of that stuff, fantasy for the most part overall. But there have been, you know, since like the 70s and shit like that, man, there have been a lot of versus crossovers, man. There have been a lot of monster mashes. Like, you know, I use that term monster mash because that's really what they are. These are these are uh, modern movie monsters. And there are times where we get these things and it's everything we've ever could have dreamed of and more. And there are times where we get these verses, you know, these monster mashups. And sometimes it's, it, it can be kind of cluttered or sometimes it's just flat out fucking garbage. So what I wanted to do basically was just break down like a little bit of the history of it. Um, you know, the modern times, the, the future of it, like what, what we got, what we didn't want and you know, what, what we do want in the future to see possibly, you know, have, should these movies continue on? I feel like it's a, I feel like if this movie does well, especially for movie monsters, it, it's going to be a way bigger market for uh monster mashups. And especially prior to this movie, uh, you know, especially with shit like Pacific Rim, cause that was kind of like, do I dare say Gundam? or something like that it's like one of those like anime it's like a throwback to like those anime big uh y'all get what i'm trying to say man but basically there it is going to be a bigger market if movies like godzilla versus kong can do really well um as far as their you, you know the numbers they get back and, and the way that the movies are received and stuff like that but um I actually wanted to backtrack. Now, I, I might have made a mistake with this yesterday and said 1962 or 63. It was one of those two years that the original King Kong versus uh, Godzilla came out. But if you want to date back to those types of um, OG template versus flicks, as far as the monsters go, you know, the big the big monsters, the behemoths, um, you can go all the way back to like 1972. Now, I, a lot of these I I remember them as a kid, but they're more like repressed memories because I can't tell you a scene for scene or beat for beat moment from the movie or anything like that. But you can go back as far as to 1972 with something like uh, Godzilla versus Gai Gaijan. I hope I'm saying that right. Now, I don't remember what type of monster Gaijan was, but I, d I just know Godzilla went up against Gaijan. Uh, 1973, the following year, it was Godzilla versus Megalon. I, I always am about to say Megalodon because shit if y'all can pull off like if this movie does well if they did a, a godzilla versus the meg you know and you throw jason statham and millie bobby brown in there cool i listen i wouldn't even question it y'all both can go underwater and stuff like that i don't know what megalon uh what type of monster that was and then you know you can go another year 74 uh um, godzilla versus mecha godzilla uh 1964 actually was mothra versus godzilla and this is what look at the common denominator here godzilla either is a fucking bully or trouble just follows this motherfucker everywhere he goes because why is he getting into all the fights he's like wolverine in um you know x-men origins now regardless of whether people like that movie or not it's like a video game like wolverine is literally going to fight everybody and he has that line to will i am's character I, I, is his name specter i don't want to say his name is specter i'm not sure but will i am is like this he's like basically the black nightcrawler he can teleport and shit so there's a scene where wolverine's about to you know he's about to rumble with the blob or something or something. no uh he's going to talk to gambit and he says to will i am he's like what he's like what i get in fights with everybody and he's like don't dogs kill cats and he's like man just go out the back because he knows that he literally gets in fights with everybody he encounters and that's kind of it kind of sounds like that's what 
Godzilla's been doing over the years, man. Like, nobody likes a bully. That's why I'm Team Kong, man. I, I don't mind seeing the bullies get bullied and get that ass beat. But, um, you know, there's a bunch of theories as to why Godzilla's doing the shit that he's doing and all this other stuff. We're not going to get into that. We'll save that for another episode because I don't want to take up too much time uh, from this. And I actually want to, you know, get back to this coffee. I'm sure I'll take a couple sips as the episode goes on. But I'm going to try not to. Now, um... If you want to date further back as far as OG template versus flicks go, we can talk about the Universal Monster um, movies. Now, we know the Universal Monster movies. Uh, they, they they are, you know, if you're going to talk about, you know, I, I feel like slashers slash monsters like Leatherface, Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, uh, Freddy Krueger, Pinhead, Candyman, whoever, these guys wouldn't really have the names they had for themselves and i'm not trying to take away any of the credit from them but they wouldn't have the name the big names they had had it not been for the um the original universal monster movies man you're talking about frankenstein you're talking about dracula you're talking about uh the invisible man uh the wolf man the creature from the black lagoon uh uh jesus christ who was the other one phantom of the opera even i'm not sure if phantom of the opera was i think that was a silent was that a silent film i don't remember man was, these films are way before my time and i have to brush up on um each of them and you could even throw they weren't movie monsters but they were always in the mix somehow they were the more comedic duo of universal um abbott abbott and costello and they would run into like you know frankenstein and wolfman and stuff like that but they weren't considered movie monsters but they were in the mix but basically those are the ogs as far as you know the smaller scale and i say smaller in as in size and not in you know not content wise because they got a fucking they've got a great resume of films man uh frankenstein all of them have great resumes of films but there were certain instances where they would cross paths and they wouldn't always get along man and they would you know have a battle to the death or whatever the case may be you know frankenstein meets the wolfman came out in 1943 and you know bella lugosi played frankenstein lon cheney jr played the wolfman respectfully and I, I don't remember what the plot was but it was something along the lines of like uh the wolfman dug up frankenstein's body or resurrected him somehow and i, I don't know what happens in between i've actually never seen this movie but i definitely being as though that lugosi and cheney are in this i definitely would go back and watch it um dracula versus frankenstein came out in 1971 now they switched up the I think Bella Lugosi played uh, Dracula as well uh, in the original film, but Xandor Vorkov played Dracula in this movie, and an actor named John Bloom played Frankenstein. So they, I don't know if they figured these characters were pretty interchangeable, but I, I don't know how people felt back then, you know, during that era. Um, it, it's kind of like when you recast Freddy Krueger, or you recast Pinhead, or you recast Candyman, anybody you can recognize underneath that makeup that has personality uh, that that brings personality to these roles i don't know if people were pissed off about that i personally would have been um you know if you just acted like the, the the characters you could just replace them or something like that and um i think was it house of dracula or frankenstein i don't remember which one was the monster mash per se but there was one where they all came together for one movie i don't know if it was for a big brawl i don't know if they're um if they're you know screen a uh, time on screen was like limited I, I really don't know but um you know they they were all they all ran into each other within this universe whether they fought or whether they didn't or whether they had to fight somebody bigger than them i don't know what the case is like i said i have to go back and remember not remember but um rewatch these films rather god damn this coffee is like 
it's got me uh, spunky this morning, man. But that's what I need. I need to be uh, as on my feet as I possibly can and thinking on my toes and stuff like that. But um, let's uh, let's switch gears a little bit. Let's get a little more modern. I know this took place some time ago, but not too long ago. Hopefully, you kids out there remember this era. Uh, basically, the re it, I, you know I call it the resurgence of the versus film. Now, there was always rumblings in like the 90s and the 2000s of this film right here. And it actually dropped in 2003. I remember going to the theater to see this is one of the best, probably one of the top five theater experiences I've ever had in my life, man. Uh, it's, it was the one time where I didn't mind the most boisterous, just uh, just obnoxiously loud, just insanely crazed crowd man i loved it because i was one of those crowd members man i had one of the best times in the theater of my life going to see this movie and um this was something i feel like jump-started a lot of both executions and just overall ideas of the modern you know versus film whether like i said whether it was horror action and you know when i say 2003 people i'm talking about uh freddy versus jason now this is an interesting movie, man, and I actually have, I'm hesitant to do it because it's going to be a really lengthy episode, but there's a reason that this movie doesn't get a pass from me uh, the same way I did, you know, dissected Halloween H2O and all the flaws that that movie had that I didn't realize until, you know, after I watched it and the older I got. But nonetheless, man, Freddy vs. Jason is one hell of an entertaining flick, man, and it's a really ballsy movie, like, you can't... It, it takes a lot to pull off some shit like this, uh, flaws and all, man, you know, and Ronnie, you, while I do feel like Ronnie, you was a, a very strange choice of director and his style of shooting is definitely not suitable for a Friday the 13th nightmare on Elm street crossover. There's a lot of shit that he did right with, with this movie. Now, Ronnie, you, I've never seen his film that he's like, he's got his acclaim for. It's called The Bride with the White Hair. I've never seen it, but a lot of people seem to really love that movie. I don't know. Maybe one day I'll go back and, um, you know, check it out. And it, it was written, the script was written by Damian Shannon and Mark Swift, who actually wrote the script for the 2009 Friday the 13th remake. Now, um, respectfully, Robert England came back to, uh, play Freddy Krueger and thank God, man, because one of the things that I was banking on when this film was in production, even pre-production was the fact that we were going to get Robert England and Kane Hodder on screen finally, because Kane Hodder was like your, he was the epitome of Jason Voorhees at the time. He came in in 1988 to play Jason Voorhees in Friday 13 part seven, came back the next year for uh, Jason takes Manhattan came back in 93 i think it was for jason goes to hell and then 2001 came back again for jason x he was so dedicated to the role man he's the only actor to come back to play jason more than once so i was banking on that i know a lot of fans are banking on that but instead we got ken kersinger and speaking of jason takes manhattan ken kersinger is actually in that movie no jason makeup no nothing he's the guy in the diner um i actually did commentary for it uh Jay takes Manhattan if y'all want to check it out but he's the guy in the diner that Jason throws against the glass mirror and um you know he that that's it that's all I don't know if he did stunt work on that film or whatever is rumored that he did I'm not sure I would have to go back and look at the credits but Ken Kersinger is in there and he comes to play Jason in this movie my least favorite Jason in the film uh his best attribute is he's got a mean ass swing with that machete but um yeah I, I did not like him his, his portrayal as Jason at all in this movie Monica Keena's in it from, you know, people that love Dawson's Creek. If you love shitty movies, she's in uh, Night of the Demons, the remake. And uh, Kelly Rowland was in it. Catherine Isabel from Ginger Snaps, all that good stuff. Now, let's talk about the weight 
for this movie. This movie was in development for ever. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think back before they actually did Friday 13 Part 7 and New Blood, um, in 1988, they were in talks to try to, try to strike a deal. Um, I guess it was New Line and Paramount. They, they, you know, in 88, they couldn't really come to an agreement as far as these two characters went for them to move forward to make a movie. So they said, fuck it. We'll just do um, Friday 13 Part 7 and we'll do Jason versus basically Carrie, you know, a girl that has telekinesis. And she gave that motherfucker a run for his money in the movie. I need to do commentary for that soon. But I'm pretty sure New Line and Paramount both were like, damn, man, we kind of. We missed out. Like, I'm pretty sure they made money back from, um, you know, uh, and also uh, New Line went along the same year in 1988 and came out with the Dream Master. And I'm pretty sure both of those movies made money. But I know in the back of their heads, New Line and Paramount were like, man, we got to do something to fucking, you know, we got to get this movie off the ground. So, like I said, no deal in 88. They came out with part seven. And uh, the 90s actually had an unofficial trailer for Freddy vs. Jason. I think it's on YouTube somewhere if y'all want to check it out. But, you know, it was no it was no faces really plastered on there. It was just like an unofficial teaser trailer that they did. It was like a cop tease. You know, you had a whole bunch of fan posters and all of that shit. And um, as far as the weight goes, the main thing that had people ready for Freddy vs. Jason was the fact that Jason Goes to Hell, regardless of how you feel about that movie, regardless of how I feel about that movie, that ending is one of the greatest endings in horror movie history. It, it Again, it's a ballsy move where Jason's mask, you know, he's he's got pulled down to, into hell, you know, at, at the end of the movie. And then the dog kind of like fucks with the mask in the dirt a little bit. And then the dog runs off and they're playing like this peaceful music by Harry Manfredini. And um, Freddy's fucking glove comes out the ground and he starts laughing and he's like reaching around a little bit and he pulls Jason's mask down to hell. Now, this was 93 people. People were what now you weren't waiting for it back in the 80s when they were trying to strike a deal. You were waiting for Freddy versus Jason when he pulled Jason's fucking mask down into hell at the end. That was one of the the most insane endings I had ever seen as a kid. I remember me, my brother, my sister completely flipped out when we saw that ending man i i we couldn't even really handle it because it's like all right now what i don't want to see another movie with one of these two characters in it unless they're both going up against each other it has to happen and it happened so let's talk about the outcome really really quickly um i want to talk about the bad first because i don't want to end it off on a bad note but i want to talk about the bad that came out of this outcome freddie versus jason um this movie, this movie breaks a lot of rules, man. And it's not to say that a lot of entries didn't break rules. Jason Goes to Hell broke rules. Uh, Jason Takes Manhattan broke rules. The Nightmare on Elm Street 2 broke rules. Uh, Freddy's Dead broke a lot of rules. You have movies that in, in these both, you know, in these successful franchises that broke a lot of rules. But, you know, to make Freddy just into, I know he's full-blown comedian at this point, but Freddy literally has one body in this entire movie and he kills uh brandon fletcher's character i think his name brandon fletcher one of the most underrated actors in the series but he, he only has one body he just spends the most most of the movie complaining and shit but what they break a, a main rule for me is you know whether he's dreaming or not jason is not afraid of water jason's not afraid of water and i'm not even going to get into that because that's going to be one of my rants when i talk about the movie as a whole and do my episode on why it does not get a pass but there's a lot of weird shit ronnie you did he took a lot of liberties more than he should have um outside of the liberties this this you know you don't you go to 
a, a Nightmare on Elm Street movie more so for the acting than you do a Friday the 13th movie. But um, this Freddy vs. Jason movie has the worst acting out of any Nightmare on Elm Street movie out of any Friday the 13th movie combined. The, the acting is terrible. It's terrible. And, I, you know, no diss to Damian Shannon and Mark Swift, but it was just a little... It didn't sit right for me. And the movie was very... It, it, it seemed very unbalanced. Um, and that's a big thing you have to... Balance is a big thing you have to, you know, you have to maintain when you're doing a versus film, man. Because it kind of... It seemed like more of a Freddy Krueger film than it did a Friday the 13th film. I know the majority of it takes place on Elm Street. The first two acts pretty much take place on Elm Street or in Springwood. Then the main final, you know, the final act, the final battle, which is awesome, uh, takes place at Crystal Lake. But it just seemed like more of Freddy's movie. And I don't know if that's because Ken Kurzinger was just such a weak-ass Jason Voorhees to me. But I just, you know, you don't make Jason sympathetic. I know he is like literally, they were kind of, they were trying to go for that Frankenstein type of shit with, um, with the Jason character. And I know that they said they didn't want to hire Kane Hodder because they wanted somebody who could act through their eyes and had poetic eyes. Whatever the quote was back when they were doing this movie, man, I will never forget reading that quote online. You know, like when the internet was first popping and I was just so disappointed. I'm like, poetic eyes, like what the fuck are y'all going for? He's not Frankenstein. Yeah, they did a lot of that in Jason Lives, but the one the best thing about Tom McCulloch that who wrote and directed Jason Lives was he made it work. It was like a Frankenstein opening, but Jason worked in that movie. He's one of the most under CJ Graham's one of the most underrated Jason uh, actors ever. Now other than that, man, I'm not going to focus too much on the bad. Let's talk about the good. Like I said, this movie's a riot, man. Um, when Jason and Freddy, when they encounter each other, they go toe-to-toe, man. And, you know, Jason tries. He tries, but Freddy gets the best of him in the dream world, of course, because Jason can't fucking keep up in there. Freddy is going, growing arms back. You know, he's disappearing. He's popping up, you know, overhead, and he's playing Jason like he's a pinball up in this um, in the boiler room. But when they're in Crystal Lake and Freddy gets pulled out of the real world, it is it is a great fight sequence, man. The choreography, they just the, the choreographers in that film just went batshit nuts, man. And you've got Freddy doing like all types of kung fu kicks and elbow drops. Jason's just swinging a machete because he's like got a one track mind. He's like, I need to get excuse me. He's like, I need to get rid of this pest, man. So it was really it was a good bloody movie. If you're going to go crazy bloody, then yeah, do it. I had my moments where the movie pissed me off because the blood is just shooting out like some Kill Bill Tarantino type of um you know set up or something it was a little extra for a friday the 13th even a nightmare on elm street movie but it works man if you go and turn your brain off and watch you know freddy versus jason with a shitload of your friends and you know have some snacks and some drinks and stuff like that order some food it's it's a it's a fun movie to watch man you can never you can never take that away from freddy versus jason now was it worth the wait overall i i will say yes I would say yes, because again, still one of the best theater experiences I've ever had, regardless of whether I dissect this movie and don't give it a pass on certain things. It was definitely worth the wait. I feel like fans were very satisfied. The movie made a shit ton of money. And um, overall, it was it was entertaining. That's what you have to go for if you're going to do Freddy versus Jason. It's not always going to be a fair fight, but if you do the shit that they did at the end, like you got Freddy, you know, whacking Jason uh, in, 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 in the, like, uh, in his spine with the, with his own machete, you got Jason pulling off Freddy's arm with his glove on it and stabbing him through the back and it's coming out his stomach. You know, he stabs him with his own glove. Like it, you gotta, you can't go wrong with that. Now the question, 
that remains is who won? It's always got to be a winner in these versus movies, right? Wrong. Now, that's the misconception people got with this Godzilla versus Kong movie. I don't think there will be a winner. So with that being said, who was the winner of Freddy versus Jason? Nobody. Jason didn't win. Freddy didn't win because at the end, it's like, was it a dream sequence? Was Can Freddy just not die in the real world? Because Jason's coming out the water slow motion. It's actually a badass shot. And, um, you know, he's coming out the water in slow motion. And the more he rises up out the water and is walking towards land... He's got Freddy's hand in his uh, in his head in his hand, you know, fingers missing and everything. Jason has Freddy's head in his hand. Now, as as Jason's walking past the screen, Freddy winks, and I'll never forget the theater erupted. Everybody lost their goddamn minds when Freddy winked at that camera, and they, he laughed in the background, and they played the Nightmare on Elm Street music with the with the kill kill mom Jason sound. Everybody went nuts, man, and everybody left the theater satisfied. So I say, ultimately, nobody won, man. Nobody won. There's no winner. There, there can no, there cannot be no winner. Even though I was Team Jason, let me just say that I was Team Jason. Now, moving on, let's jump to the next year, 2004. This is a movie. This is a versus film. I got some gripes with, man. I'll talk about it in a second, but you know they're not super big because I'm not one of those purest of either franchise. But I got some gripes with the shit that this guy did with this movie, man. I really do. Um, Alien vs. Predator, like I said, 2004, this movie came out, it was written, directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. Now, we know who the guy is, Mortal Kombat, um, still the best video game adaptation ever until proven otherwise. Uh, Event Horizon, which is the most underrated film, Death, uh, not Death Sentence, Death Race. He did the first Death Race, he's done uh, Resident Evil 1, 4, 5, and 6. Now he's done a he's done a bunch of other films. He just recently came out with Monster Hunter and stuff like that. But he wrote and directed Alien vs. Predator. Now I remember seeing the trailer for this and I'm like, okay, I, I can get with this. I've been waiting for it. I was a fan of the comics as a kid and the video game, so I can definitely get with this. Sanaa Latham, Lance Henriksen is back, who was in um, Aliens and Alien 3. He had a cameo in there. Now let's talk about the wait for AVP. AVP, like I said, people were hype on the comics. The comics were brutal man i remember reading those comics in school and like kind of you know low low down to you know down to my desk because i didn't want to get in trouble type of shit but for the most part i read them when i got home over and over and over i like they took no prisoners in those comics man the video games were awesome too i can't remember how many of them there were but i remember i could be wrong here but i i have this memory of an arcade game uh, avp uh, arcade game i, I don't remember because Sheldonham mall used to have a shit ton of games in that arcade and i really remember that being one of them it was either that one or it was um chestnut street arcade wherever the theater was at uh, out in west philly somewhere i used to go to as a kid now the outcome let's talk about the outcome uh, of this movie let's talk about the bad first now the bad don't water down Predator and Alien. This shit is rated PG-13, people, and that's the first fucking mistake. Because Predator, the first one, yes, it is an action movie at heart, but it's also a sci-fi horror film. Um, Alien is a sci-fi film at heart, but it is also a horror film. And the violence, the scenes of violence in those movies are pretty fucking memorable man alien you know the most memorable scene in alien is john hurt i think the actor's name is you know that 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 chest burster we first time we ever see a chest burster man that is one of the greatest scenes 
in uh, horror history. Even something like Predator, where people might not classify this as the best scene, but where Carl Weathers gets his, you know, he gets his arm blown off and his arm is still shooting and he's just screaming at the top of his lungs. Uh, you know, Predator 2, these, these films were known for their violence man it just brutality at at some points like especially predator 2 they the, the predators was going to town on those jamaican drug lords man so to water these characters down and make it pg-13 i get it you want to you want to have a better um you want to have a better chance of making more money and getting more people to see this so you 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 change the rating to pg-13 so you can put more asses in the seats i understand that business wise but as far as the content goes your content is going to suffer and it suffer it did man because this movie's dry as fuck the violence does not hit one single time for me man i don't give a fuck what it is not even the face huggers the face huggers look great but they're just not creepy man because you know you're not going to really get much at most you get alien blood and you know you get alien acid blood and you get the glow stick glow in the dark blood from a uh, predator that's about it man that's all you get the deaths just aren't effective at all and another thing I don't like about this movie is that the predators are too fucking big. Like, there's no reason that when they jump down on the ground or when they're running towards you, the whole screen is shaking. They're not fucking like like steroid raged wrestlers, man. They're predators. Like, that was one of the decent things about Predator One and Two. You kind of felt like Danny Glover or Arnold Schwarzenegger, more so Arnold because he was more in shape. But you felt like either one of those two could go toe to toe against this thing if they didn't have like all those crazy traps and mechanisms and weapons and shit like that. But these predators, just like, these characters don't stand a fucking chance against them. Now, I know that's not the idea. It's like, you don't really want a happy ending, but you do want the humans to have some type of fight for survival. Like, goddamn, these fucking predators just really look roided out, man. They're too big. They're too bulky. They're too husky. I did not like the designs. When they take the mask off and they had, you know, the same classic predator face, that's great. But... Nah, man. Nah, I, you know that those are some really big takeaways. Plus, I didn't give a shit about any of these, any of the characters in the movie. Um, the the characters aren't written well at all, with the exception of Sanaa Lathan, um, uh, Lance Henriksen, and that Raul actor. I can't remember the guy's name, but he's the guy that's kind of like got the hots for Sanaa Lathan. Other than those three, I didn't really give a fuck about um any of the characters in the movie at all. They were all just uh, you know, they were all just a uh, predator and, and and alien meat at the end of the day. But the good. I can say here because there is some good about this. The good, I would say, the good here for um, Alien vs. Predator 2004 is that I really appreciate, um, and I, I, I kind of didn't like it because it was too Resident Evil for me. I didn't need to see the schematics of the of the pyramid, and it was too much like the Hive. And Paul W. S. Anderson always wants to give you an X-ray view of the of the structure. It's like I don't need all that shit, man. I'd have been cool if they just were kind of blindly going into there and just exploring as they went along type of thing but they got to be high tech and all this shit whatever cool but i appreciate the pyramid setting because it made for some really cool maze like trap like sequences that was cool they had the sacrificial chamber type of thing where that would uh the the alien face hugger eggs came up you know out the um you know out that little structure thing and i like the backstory that the predator and the alien because we had backstory before we had easter eggs there were xenomorph skulls in that um in that predator battle room in part two where danny glover and the predator are facing off at the end you literally see xenomorph skulls on the on the wall if you look close enough so they were already setting that up but i love that there was a war going on amongst the xenomorphs and the predators all this time and you literally see the predator on top of the pyramid and there's just swarms and swarms they look like bugs swarms and swarms of xenomorphs running up to the pyramid and then you know he has to sacrifice himself and blow all of them up 
I love the lore. I love the backstory they did. I just feel like the movie was. I feel like the movie was pretty watered down, man. And that's a that's a that is not a good look. I mean, in my personal opinion, it's definitely not a good look. But was it worth the wait? Uh, I say a lot of people were split on it. Uh, I say a lot of people were split on it. I know I was, and I say, was it worth the wait for me? No. For the people that hated the next movie, yeah, it definitely was. It, it, it was not worth the wait for me. I felt like it could have been a hell of a lot better. It should have been a hell of a lot nastier. Um, you know, they just, they, they, they went a little, a little too action packed with it. You know, they went a little too Resident Evil with it, but you know, that's what you get when you get Paul W.S. Anderson writing and directing something like this. Now, the question is, who won? Who won? People did the predator beat that ass or did the alien whip, you know, some sense into him with that tail or something? <sighs> Nobody won. You know why? Because regardless of what happened at the end, you know, the predators took the dead predator off the ship. Uh, Sinalathan became an honorary predator clans member, whatever the hell you want to call it. But, you know, when the predators went home, let's not forget the xenomorph, you know, or not a face hugger you know, jumped on the face of that dead predator. And then at the end of the movie, a chest burster comes out, but the chest burster is not only a baby alien, it's got the mandibles of the predator. So it's a hybrid. It's a fucking hybrid. So nobody won because at the end of the day, sneaky, sneaky face fucker alien, you know, sprung a trap and the predator sprung a leak on the ship. And we know what happened with that people. And I don't listen. That's my segue into the next one, the next versus film. I let me just give a disclaimer. I don't care who don't like this movie. I've got an episode coming about you know uh, the black sheep movies that people hate that I love, and this is one of them. The sequel, Alien versus Aliens. My bad, Aliens versus Predator Requiem came out in two thousand seven. I saw this in the theater as well. Now. Really quick, like I said, I know people hate this movie. I don't give a shit. I love this movie. This shit is miles ahead of, you know, the the, the previous film. Now, it was directed, directed by the brother Strauss, and they ended up doing Skyline. These were, they were actually, um, day, this was their directorial debut, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, it's, it's an interesting debut nonetheless. Now, this script was written by someone named Shane Salerno, and the cast isn't, it's not really a star-studded cast unless you really truly recognize these, um, you know, these actors and actresses. Uh, Johnny Lewis, Stephen Pasquale, John Ortiz is the only one who I really, I was like, oh, that's that guy who was in this, and he's that guy that was in that. He was in like American Gangster, uh, The Fast and Furious Part Four, and stuff like that. But the cast is not too star-studded, but I can kind of appreciate that because at this point, I've seen enough Alien and Predator movies where I'm cool if I don't give a fuck about the characters. Just give me what the title is telling me I've, I'm getting. You understand what I'm saying? So the weight, um, I, the weight, I remember seeing a green band and a red band trailer for this movie before it came out. I think it came out on Christmas Day of 2007. I ended up seeing it like a couple days later. And um, the weight for it, it was it was interesting because I wanted to know what they were going to do with this alien predator hybrid that bursted out of the predator's chest at the end of the first movie so that was the main thing like i you know the cliffhanger ending was the main thing that had the weight really crazy and i'm pretty sure it had everybody's uh everybody's curiosity too because nobody knew you know for the people that hated the movie they didn't know they were going to go into it 
ready to hate it. This is they audiences were not that fucking savvy as they are today. You know, the internet was not all that crazy with uh, leaks and oh, this person that directed this is writing it. This person that so you know people go into movies ready to hate them before they even watch them now because um, everybody's a fucking critic. You know, so um, that's neither here nor there. The wait was pretty interesting for me. It wasn't like I couldn't wait, but I was I was very intrigued mainly for that uh, that hybrid uh, alien predator thing. Pred Alien is what they called in the movie. Now, let's talk about the outcome. Let's talk about the bad. I know people want me to go in on this movie because I know people, the people that hate this movie are listening like, I can't wait to see the bad shit he says about it. The bad shit I have to say about it. Hold on. Let me take a quick sip of this coffee, people. Um, The bad I have to say about AVP is, um, yeah, I, I get it. These characters aren't written well. They're not. They're very one-dimensional characters. Uh, some of them are rip-off type characters from previous Alien movies. Um, there's even a character named Dallas in the film. And, you know, they, a lot of people make the comparison to the lead actress and her daughter. They, they make that Ripley and Newt comparison. I get why people don't like that. Um, and I do want uh, characters that are well-written. But like I said, it didn't suffer that much, in my opinion, uh, at least in my opinion, because... At this point, I didn't care if, um, you know, if the characters were just fodder at that point. I didn't give a shit. So um, that that was bad. You know, the, the writing for the characters is not great. I will say that. Another thing that's bad about this, and I, I can get past it, but it's still a negative, is the cinematography in this movie is dark as fuck, man. I don't even in the theater. I was sitting like a few rows back from the actual screen, and we really the movie's so dark man so imagine the scenes where you trying to where you're trying to get a glimpse of this pred alien hybrid thing imagine the scenes in the sewer you can barely see anything at all so the day even the daytime scenes are dark like the the film and i'm not talking about in tone i'm literally talking about the cinematography for this film is dark but it's not like i can't see anything at all it's i wish i could see it better and brighter but that is definitely a negative it's something bad about the movie the movie is is very dark i don't know if they just put a lens over their shit or the contrast was off or the, they didn't you know they fucked with the brightness on the on the panel i don't know what was going on with that but that cinematography is just very uh it, it was a really strange choice um what else is bad about this? I, I wanted more of the Pred Alien hybrid because it is one of the best designs on an alien I've ever seen. And I definitely nerded out because it's got the same like tentacle dreadlocks that the Predator has. It's it's tall like the Predator. It's got the same Predator uh, mandibles, but it's got a double alien mouth, but can shoot eggs into, you know, there's that crazy ass scene, man. It's a really fucked up scene, but it's, you know, it, it grabs onto the lady's face shoots the alien mouth into her mouth and it pumps these eggs into her down her throat and into her stomach and not only do they eat her baby but they the the, the babies hatch inside of her stomach it's like a big ass nest of xenomorphs in her stomach so this pred alien thing is is fucking insane but i wish we saw more of it i wish there weren't just quick cuts and just certain types of angles on this thing man i, I wish that as the movie went on we got to see a lot more of that alien in in, in its full glory now the good here is um i love this i love how nasty they went we get the r rating again then because the characters aren't well written fuck them they get killed they kill a father and son hunting duo as soon as the movie starts uh as soon as the predator ship crash lands the face hugger jumps on the dad face hugger jumps on the son they both get fucked up they're killing 
everybody, men, women, children, nobody is off limits, man. And it makes for a very high body count. I love the scene where the, where the alien, it takes me back to resurrection where the aliens in the high school, uh, swimming pool and it, it eats the black dude up in the swimming pool. And then it's chasing after the kids in the school before they escape. I love the scene where they're in the gun shop and the predator, like, you know, they draw guns on him and he just blows two guys heads off at once. And then he throws that long ass, uh, that, that big ass, uh, you know, spiked spiral thing whatever it is he throws it and it impales the girl to the wall i love the action that they give me in here and i love that it's one predator just in town setting up shop avenging the death of his comrades ready to take these aliens out but in the midst of him taking these aliens out he's got to deal with this 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 hybrid who's just almost as strong as he is and i love the fight scene you know the parts i can actually see it's not really that bad, but I, cause I can see it. I can get what's going on, but I, and I wish it was lit better, but the ending where the predators going toe to toe with the pred alien, man, I love that shit is badass because they literally are in a fight to the death, you know, before they launch the nuke on the town and do what the government would probably do in a real situation like this. But that's not the case. That's neither here nor there. We're not going to get there. It's a lot of good shit. I love in the movie, man. Um, I love that they got back to the grittiness, the violence, the R rating, um, at that point. Now, was it worth the wait for the majority more than a majority fuck no it wasn't it made and like i said it made people probably go back on paul ws anderson's first movie and they're like you know what i appreciate this more than i ever did not i no says i because i this is what i wanted the first time around this that gritty shit i wanted the first time around if you could give me the like some of the characters even though i said i didn't give a shit about those characters either if you can give me some of the characters um of the first movie and, um, you, you know, it interchange them with, with the characters from Requiem and give it the brightness, the contrast of the first movie. Cool. But this was definitely worth the wait for me, man. I, I They gave me what I wanted. This is what I want to see. I've seen characters I care about in an alien movie. I've seen characters I don't care about. You know, I've seen the same thing in Predator movies. I don't care if I don't care about these characters. It would be nice, but if I don't, it's the same thing that I'm going to a versus movie to see every time. I'm going for the spectacle. I'm not, you know, if I get good characters, character development, all that emotional shit, cool. I'm fine with that. Other than that, it's like I got what I wanted, man. I got my bang for my buck when I went to the theater to see that. Now, who won? Um,. The government won. <laughs> the government won at the end of um, uh, AVP Requiem because they not only blew up the, the the town, who knows what the blast radius was on that nuke that they shot. They're like, yeah, go to the center of town. We'll rescue you guys. The government won. You know what I'm saying? No, neither the alien nor predator won. And I'm pretty sure the humans didn't because the government's like, all right, we need you to sign these papers because, you know, we just nuked the town. Right. So we need you to be under contract or we'll kill you. So nobody won. The government won at the end of the day. So I feel bad for the xenomorphs and the, and the, and the predators, man. Nobody won until next time. Hopefully we get a part three. Um, actually, I would do a segue into, you know, episode outline, but I don't want to spoil anything. But I've got an idea for that. I'll let you guys in on that uh, some other time. But um, moving on, people. This is one that I know has divided DC fans. When I said DC, y'all already know where I'm about to go with this. This has divided DC fans across the globe, man. Uh, again, not I. No says I. I love this movie. It's another movie I went to the theater to see. Um, me and one of uh, my old co-workers, you know, I went in there with a couple cans of something to drink. And I was prepared. And I was ready for all like two and a half to three hours that this movie was ready to give me, man, because it was um, 
something I always envisioned as a child. And I never thought that I would be alive to see this happen on screen in 2016 bars. But Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, people. Now, we know the man, the myth, Zack Snyder. Put some fucking respect on Zack Snyder's name, man. Dawn of the Dead, Watchmen. Uh, never seen Sucker Punch, but he did that. You know, um, uh, he's got the Snyder Cut coming out for the Justice League. Zack Snyder is going to go down, in my books at least, and he should go down in you know just history books as one of the best visionary directors of all time. I feel like the guy is crazy underrated. Um, he gave me one of the best zombie movies I've ever seen in Dawn of the Dead 2004. But, um, you know, let's, you know, moving on, and, and you know, I'm not going to praise Zack Snyder too much and start fanboying out. David Goyer, who's got a heavy hand in comic book shit, and uh, Chris Terrio wrote this script. Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, Amy Adams, Lawrence Fishburne, Jesse Eisenberg, Gal Gadot, Jeremy Irons, star-studded cast. Uh, Harry Lennox, you know what I'm saying? Star-studded, big, heavyweight cast. You couldn't ask for nothing more. Now, the weight, this was something a little different because I feel like people were pissing. It was pee-pee pants city when people were waiting on this. You had the comic books as a source material. You had animated um movies or episodes for source material you had the notion that maybe one day this would happen you know before the actors got too old god rest christopher reeve's soul but you had the notion back in the day maybe before they get too old they might have christopher reeves and michael keaton do a batman versus superman you never know would have been nice to see it man I, that would have been amazing to see them do you know maybe it would have been like an early version of it and you know ben affleck and henry cavill just did a remake of it i would have loved for um, Reeves and Keaton to be the template for uh, original Batman versus Superman movie, but unfortunately we never got that. Um, you know, you had the Batman versus Superman logo just billboarded up in the I Am Legend movie, and I know that caught a made a whole bunch of head spin. The hype for this movie, the wait for it was was absolutely insane, especially for comic book uh, DC fans, man, because that's a whole different fan base in itself, man. When you fucking around with, you know, you keep teasing, you're doing live action versions of, of people's beloved comic book properties. You can't do that, man. They'll be at your door with you know with, with bells on man they'll be they'll be there ready for answers and you better be ready to give it to them now the the, the outcome of batman versus superman of course let's talk about the bad because we'll be wrapping this up very soon the bad here is yes this movie is very jumbled this movie is at times jam-packed with a lot of shit that overwhelms you um if you know you're going into a movie ready for batman versus superman but you get wonder woman you get the justice league introduction you you see the flash you see aquaman you see cyborg uh, you know you see joe morton playing his dad uh, cyborg's dad you know you you get the lex luther uh, who's playing a fake ass riddler you get doomsday created from zod spotty and all this other shit you know it's a lot of shit to deal with, man. It's a lot going on in this movie. And I understand people's frustrations with it. Believe me, I do. Now, another thing you get is um, the, the bad here. This is not bad for me in particular, but a lot of people say Batman doesn't kill people. Um, y'all need to do y'all homework, man. Y'all need to go back and watch Batman 89 and Batman Returns. Batman's killed plenty of fucking people on screen. Let's not get it confused. That's not necessarily bad for me, but I understand why people are just like butthurt about it. But it's like, listen, do your homework, man. It's a different version of him. This version is tired. He's, he's tired of playing with everybody, man. He ain't gonna keep playing with these little kids in Gotham and all that type stuff. He's gonna brand you or he's gonna bury you. Not necessarily in that order. Excuse me, but um, 
Yeah, uh, let's think of some more bad here. Uh, you know, the, for the most part, my bad here is just that it, the, the bad parts for me overall are just that it's just there are really random moments and there are just really just scattered jam-packed moments in this movie man i feel like it should have been a perfect balance oh no i'm sorry there is a lot of bad here for me and it, it's a lot of bad in one aspect there wasn't enough batman in here for me and me personally i'm team batman i'm rooting for batman oh and did i say by the way in the previous movies i was rooting for predator i didn't say i was team pred but um it wasn't enough batman i've already seen man of steel at this point i don't want to see another superman movie i get they both have to have human drama well superman has to have human drama lois lane and and uh you know i get all that shit martha kent i understand that but i've seen it ben affleck i was vouching from for ben affleck from the rip from the moment he was announced as batman i said he's got this he knows what's at stake the same thing that made me turn around and vouch for robert pattinson um after damn near about to protest him as batman but i'm like i'm like come on man like i need more batman in this i got a lot of bruce wayne i need more batsy i need more batsy man i need the balance actually this is a movie where i didn't want balance i wanted more batman than anything than anything and i didn't really get it but batman has the best scene in the entire movie so let's talk about the good here the good here Batman has the best scene in the entire movie that um, let me talk about that first that warehouse scene is the best comic book scene I've ever seen in my entire life that is probably number one Batman action sequences or just Batman movie moments live action moments and it's probably number one it's a close number uh close number one uh because Civil War is definitely another one but um yeah, that Batman scene in the warehouse it, it, it was I, I've never seen anything like that man and uh, imagine me buzzing from my drink in the theater just freaking out during that warehouse fight scene also the good here and i would definitely praise the fight scene it was a little it was very drawn out and it was it was paced in a way that i didn't really think it would have been paced but it made sense the first batman versus superman uh you know fight where batman's got the he's got the the armored suit on he's got the the kryptonite bullets and all that type of stuff and he's got the kryptonite spear that I didn't want it to be fast paced, but I understand why they did it the way they did. Cause Superman knew Batman was human and he tells him, he's like, if I wanted it, you'd be dead already. He knew he was merely a human. He did not want to kill him. So he spared him in a lot of those moments. He was beating that ass at some point and Batman actually got, that's the first time you kind of see Batman scared where he's got Superman up against the wall, punching the shit out of him in his, in his chin. And then his, you know, his, <laughs> His fist, like the metal, the armor on his fist just breaks. And Superman kind of like looks at, or Batman kind of like looks at it. Superman like tilts his head a little bit. And he's just like, hmm, like you thought that, you thought that, that kryptonite shit was going to last forever. And Batman's kind of like, he's got his hands up like, wait, 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 don't, don't do nothing. He doesn't say that. But the way he's looking at him, he's looking like he is scared shitless, man. I love that scene. Um, as, as much as they crammed it and crowbarred it in there. I do like that they introduced the Trinity. Uh, you didn't need Wonder Woman in that movie, but they wouldn't have beat Doomsday without her. Uh, Batman and Superman, I'm almost sure that they both would have died if it wasn't for Wonder Woman coming in to save the day. And I know it's a lot of people like, oh, a woman, she can't save the day. And it's like, 
take that uh you know chauvinistic shit somewhere else man just you know just watch wonder man or some shit like that or create your own superhero shit happens but i didn't mind it like everybody else did you know because they would not like realistically they would not have beaten uh doomsday doomsday i forgot to say was another bad uh, they did not need that but i know it, again uh, like in every in a bunch of movies it's like sometimes there has to be a threat bigger than us two for us to put us put aside our differences and be like okay we got to get this motherfucker and we'll settle our differences later on so i mean i get why they did it but doomsday is just, i don't know i wasn't too crazy about it uh when they showed him in the trailer now was batman versus superman worth the wait uh again people were torn on it because a lot of people but you know you got those marvel informants that are just like everything dc puts out is bad and Zack snyder sucks y'all don't know what the fuck y'all talking about man y'all been so so many people have been programmed to, and i'm sorry i know i get a little like hyper about dc properties and how people just praise marvel like everything they put out is good but it's true you got so many people out here who just dick ride and they're just so programmed to just say everything DC comes out with sucks. It doesn't. It's a well-made film, man. It's a really well-made film. It had to be like two and a half to three hours long. It had to be to tell these two stories and have these two stories come together. Is it jam-packed? Yes. Was it worth the wait for me? Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah it was because I really wouldn't have wanted to see it done any other way. Cool, you could take out Doomsday. You could take out the, the introduction of the Justice League so soon. You can kind of take out Wonder Woman so early on. But... Other than, like, overall, th th there's no, other, like, if I could do something differently or add something in, I don't know what I would have done because I'm cool with the movie as is. Flaws and all. You know, I feel like if you would have took something out and put something in, the move, maybe the movie wouldn't have worked as good as it did, at least for me. But again, this is a movie that has DC fans um, completely divided, man, because they put it either at the bottom of their DCEU ranking, and a lot of people put it at the top of their DCEU ranking. Personally, I'm one of those people that put it at the top. That's the best DCEU movie for me. Aquaman, I think, is a close second, but as far as the story and what Zack Snyder attempted to do, what everybody involved attempted to do with these two titans, um, talk about a ballsy move, man. That was one of the, that was one of the craziest ones I've ever seen on screen before. Now, with that being said, who won? Who won? Uh, nobody. Uh, not even when they were fighting each other. Well, Batman almost won until he's like, why'd you say that name? Why'd you say Martha? Like, he, he, he had Superman dead bang with that uh, kryptonite scepter. And, you know, he said save Martha and all this other shit and whatever it was, man. I know a lot of people didn't like that, but nobody won, man, because at the end, Superman, quote unquote, died. And Batman went off to, you know, collect the Justice League with, with, with Diana Prince. So nobody won at the end of the day, man. This is, you know, there's not going to be a lot of winners in these movies, man. And moving on, people, let me take a quick sip because I'm really I'm trying to wrap this up. And my coffee has gone cold. It's all good, though. Now, I think this is the last one here on my list. Yes, it is. Before we jump into, you know, our ending little notes here. Now, without further ado, people, same year that Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice came out, and I remember being overly hyped for this movie in 2016, um, Captain America Civil War. Now, whether people believe it or not, this is very much a versus movie, and I say versus in the sense that this is very much Captain America, you know, Steve Rogers versus Iron Man, Tony Stark. Of course, they're teams. They're people who side with, you know, the people are Team Cap. They're people who are Team Iron Man, literally in the movie. And uh, us as fans and audience members, I think I was Team Cap. 
you know, I like I'm all for the rebels, you know what I'm saying? But at the core of this, this was Captain America versus Iron Man. I would have been cool if they called that the movie itself. Now, shout out to the Russo brothers for directing this movie. They've been on board with Marvel shit ever since the Winter Soldier. And I don't know if anybody notices it, but Winter Soldier was one of those groundbreaking Marvel movies where you knew fight sequences would never be the same again for the better. And they did an amazing job with this movie, man. They put together, um, like this, like I said, Batman vs. Superman, the warehouse scene with Batman is the best comic book movie scene for me. But the airport sequence as a whole, from start to finish, is the second best comic book live action scene I've ever seen in my entire life, man. I could have cried watching something like that. Um, and you know, as, as there's a reason I put it above, you know, shit that happened in like, maybe, I don't know, maybe Endgame, I, I gotta watch it again, but that last part in Endgame might be in my top five, but, um, you know, that air, that airport sequence is just something crazy, man, and the Russo brothers really, they focused on every single character, they left no dry seat in the house for anybody, man, and it was written by, uh, who's this, Chris Marcus and Stephen McFeely, now, Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr., Chadwick Boseman, rest in peace, shout out to him, Scarlett Johansson, Paul Rudd, we know who the Avengers are, we know who the Avengers are, we know we had Scarlet Witch and Vision and all of them, it's a star, again, heavy hitter, star-studded cast, start to finish, now, the wait for this movie, um, I feel like was something different with people, because... You have comic book source material, of course. You have the animated source material. But you've got this buildup from the moment they dropped Iron Man and let you know in every post-credit sequence, we are not only setting up the Avengers, but we're setting up something bigger than the Avengers. The Marvel Cinematic Universe buildup for Civil War, I feel like, was the, 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 the main focal point of the hype that people had for this film, man. And... For me personally, even though I did miss out on some Marvel movies, it was hype for me, uh, especially when I saw the trailer, because I'm like, wait, I'm like, no, y'all are all friends. Like, y'all not supposed to be fighting each other. Like, I, I was like, I was that kid again. Like, wait, what's going to happen? Like, who's going to win? Is it going to be Captain America? Is it going to be Iron Man? I don't know. And then to see Bucky Barnes and Cap basically strolling on Iron Man, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I could not wait to see this, man. Now, the outcome, let's talk about the bad. Ain't no bad here. There's no bad here for me. I don't give a fuck. People can call me biased and say, oh, well, there is bad. Listen, these are my opinions, people. Y'all know this by now, and I'm keeping a bean with y'all like I always do. There is no... You know what? I'm lying. There's one bad thing I got to say about Captain America Civil War. I need more... I needed more crossbones. They, they brought uh, Frank Grillo back, you know, reprising his role from uh, the previous movie... And he got all fucked up, and he he was Crossbones, and Crossbones' design was bad ass, man. He had that big ass gauntlet thing uh, that he was punching Cap with and punching through walls and shit, bad ass. And they just killed him in the opening sequence, and I'm just I'm like, like come on, man. The opening action sequence, he just gets blown the fuck up, and I'm like, come on, man. He was way too badass to be wasted like that because when I saw him in the trailer, I said Let, let's go, Crossbones is badass enough to have his own movie that's the only bad thing i got to say about it but it wasn't a make or break thing for me because they compensated with so many more characters in that movie man um they introduced uh tom holland spider-man they introduced chadwick boseman's black panther man awesome awesome fight sequences man there's no bad here and that coincides with the fact that it's all good i'm talking about the good uh it's it's, it's no need for me to even really 
further it. The choreography is great. The storytelling is great. The acting is fucking amazing in this movie. You can tell they take it. They take it so seriously, man, to the point where you almost forget that these are comic book characters when they've got these scenes where they're in like these board meetings and nobody has costumes on um the only one you can really recognize is vision for the most part because he can't stop fucking looking like vision but um for the most part you can you can just neglect the fact that these are comic book characters and this is a comic book movie because they're treating this shit like you know like a like a like a drama you know what I'm saying? And it is. It is a action drama comic book film, but the acting is so is so great, man. And I love that everybody just brought their A game. Um, you know, even when you have characters, the more lighthearted characters who are there for the humor, like, you know, like Paul Rudd as Scott Lang, Ant-Man. Even that, man, you, he fits. Everybody fits. The way they put these puzzle pieces together was absolutely amazing, man. So I say that to say this. Was it worth the wait? Absolutely, man. Uh, 200% worth the wait, man. I was so pleased with the way they did this movie. And it's one of the reasons why I like this movie over Avengers, uh, not Endgame, but over Avengers Infinity War. Because Avengers Infinity War, with the thi- with being as though everything in Civil War happened, I understand the pacing of Infinity War, but it was really frantic. It was kind of how I felt about Furious 7, where it's just like, all right, uh, action set piece. All right, we got to go here. Action set piece. All right, we got to go over there. Action set piece. All right, we got to go. It's like it didn't really give me any time, enough time with the characters, man. And I understand it was frantic. I get it. They, they had to get to Thanos and they had to get shit popping in Wakanda. I understand completely. But I didn't have the camaraderie that I had with the characters in, um, you know, in, in Civil War. I, I love the pacing of that film, man. I, I absolutely love it. I love, like, I could watch a good, t- like, um, if the first two acts of that movie, the characters never put on any costumes and they just saved it for the final act and it was the airplane sequence and the sequence with Tony Stark and Cap and Bucky Barnes, I'm perfectly fine with that, man, because the movie was just done so well. And, you know, um, if we're going to ask the question, who won between Cap and Iron Man, um, I would have to say Captain America. And that's not me being biased because I'm Team Cap. I would say because he got away, you know, but he left him a note or whatever. He left him. He's like, Tony, he's like, if you ever need me, I'll always be there. But he's like, listen, man, I did what I had to do. You know, I ain't, <laughs> I ain't letting you take my ass in. We're fugitives now. I don't give a fuck. But Cap got away and Iron Man kind of felt defeated because he wanted to be that guy. He wanted to be that government assistant and play by the rules. And that's one of the reasons why he took everybody in. You know, he he captured, um, you know, captured Wanda, Clint, um, um, Scott. He captured, um, God damn, what's his name? Uh, Falcon. Kim, oh, Sam Wilson. How did I forget his name? But he captured all of them. But Bucky and... Um, wait, did Bucky go to... Oh, no, I can't remember. I think he went to... He took him to Wakanda. But um, Cap definitely got away. So I feel like, uh, you know, Tony felt more defeated, if anything. So I feel like Cap was the victor in that um, in that in that case. Now, before I wrap these things up, people, or this thing up for that matter, because it's already been an hour. Didn't expect that. <sighs> Blame it on the coffee. Now, however, let's talk about the versus battles we did not want. Let me take a sip of my coffee, actually, because this is it's about to get dark, you know, before before I cap this thing off, people. Now, back back in the day, there were a lot of risks taken. So let's just jump into it. 
What are the versus movies we didn't want that were complete shit? That I'm talking the ones that nobody asked for. Not even from the drugged up, drunken executive producers of these companies. And this is no disrespect to them, but it's like nobody asked for these fucking nobody. Does anybody remember Doll Man? You know the movie where that guy was he was like a really pint-sized futuristic cop. Nobody remembers Doll Man from Full Moon uh Full Moon the Full Moon movies. Nobody remembers Doll Man? I do. I was a weird I watched a lot, a lot of weird shit, man. And when West Coast Video was popping, they had a whole bunch of Full Moon movies back in the day. Subspecies, Puppet Master, you know what I'm saying? Um like demonic toys and then we had Doll Man. Fucking Doll Man. So what did they cross over with? Somebody was in a board meeting and did a, a eight ball of cocaine and said, "You know what?" Doll Man versus Demonic Toys. It's got to be the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life, man. Now, Demonic Toys, if nobody remembers, it's a fucking ripoff of things like Child's Play and Dolly Dearest and Puppet Master. It was like a killer baby, an evil, ugly-ass baby, a killer bear, and a killer jack-in-the-box, I think. And it was, I think it was a killer robot or something. It was a fucking stupid movie where they get trapped inside of this, um... It was like a Kmart type of uh, type of building and they get trapped inside of there and the toys are killing people and the freak ass like the freak ass babies always chasing some ass or trying to get some ass or something from one of the damsels in distress. It's a stupid crossover. I don't even remember this movie being made, but I remember doing my research this morning on old versus flicks and I'm like, the fuck? Doll man versus Demi first of all, if I got a gun to my head. I'm team doll man, cause he got burners. Fuck them dolls. Blow that jack in the box up. You know, put stuff dynamite in there, and then you know, before it blows up, you know, do turn the crank basically and play that song. Fuck them dumbass demonic toys. It's a stupid matchup to begin with. But full moon, they love doing that dumbass shit. So with that being said, they did also puppet master versus demonic toys. Now while this is more geared towards the same thing i can understand why they got fucked up and, and decided this was a good idea it's still stupid there's been 17 goddamn puppet master movies they need to stop if they're going to do anything reboot it but it's going to be hard to take i watched the first puppet master a couple weeks ago and i'm just like how the fuck did how, how did this get this something i'm doing wrong because they've got like 17 of these movies i don't understand i get where they were going it's like all right Puppets versus toys, they, they all evil, but the puppet masters were good guys in one of the movies, and 4 and 5, if I'm not mistaken, with, with Gordon Curry, was basically the new Andre Toulon, the puppet masters were good guys, they were fighting for good, against evil alien puppets from another dimension or something like that, but, gun to my head, I gotta go with puppet master, I love Blade, I love Pinhead, I love Jester, I love Leech Woman, I love Six Shooter, I love Torch, I love the OG puppets from the first two movies, but after that, Retro Puppet Master and all this other fly shit they got coming out, and Axis of Evil, which was like the 10th movie in the series, and then they got The Last Blood Right, and when Puppet Master teamed up with Hitler, oh, listen, stop it, cut it out, man, because I guarantee you there's not enough liquor in the world that'll make me sit down and watch one of these movies, I'm cool, but you know what, I would actually sit down with that before I would sit down with this one that they did and fucking sci-fi and asylum y'all need to stop it man y'all another bunch of people that need to stop it right now just cut it out stop doing it Lake Placid versus Anaconda first first of all it doesn't even make any doesn't make sense 
It doesn't make sense. Lake Placid is the actual lake. Have we forgotten that? There's a crocodile in the lake. Why don't you just call it the crocodile from Lake Placid versus Anaconda? But it's like, what is it? The, the entire lake is a monster versus Anaconda? Like, why? Do, who thought that was a good idea to put on sci-fi? It's some of the shittiest CG I've ever seen in my life. Just like every other sci-fi asylum movie they make. All that Piranaconda versus Turbo Shark and Whale Wolf versus Piranha Croctocus and all that shit. I don't, I'm think I'm just making some of these up, man. But it is a Whale Wolf versus like a Sharktopus or something like that. Piranaconda versus the, 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 the Robo Megalodemon dinosaur, whatever the hell these movies are, man, y'all need to cut it the fuck out, I don't know who's giving Asylum and Sci-Fi pictures film money, swing that this way, you know, small time podcaster from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, swing that to Tudor, man, I guarantee y'all, y'all gonna invest in the kid, trust me, cause I, listen, we people ain't never heard of going practical no more y'all got the shittiest cg and y'all spend probably the entire budget on that because y'all don't spend it on you might spend it on like they got david hasselhoff in like one of the anaconda movies and it's like god damn like that was the best y'all can do like casting wise like they get they try to get these top billing actors like michael madsen and casper van dien and all these people who were in these big acclaimed films back in the day and it's like y'all put them in the corniest fucking movies the versus movies ever now what I can give praise to, kinda, kinda, is, you know, are the movies we almost got and the movies we deserve as far as the verses go. Now, the movies we almost got, I can't really give too much praise to, Michael versus Pinhead. Now, at the time, yes, people, this was almost a thing. At the time, um, you know, Michael Myers and Pinhead were at the same company, hanging out. They both were at Dimension Films. Now, unfortunately, I think... Um, Unfortunately, after Hellraiser Bloodline, uh, Pinhead went straight to DVD. You know, Hellraiser Inferno, Hellseeker, Deader, Hellworld. Um, they, they all went straight to DVD because the movies just weren't getting received well. Like, I think they got worse and worse as far as the box office goes. So they just said, fuck it. You know, well, you'll, you'll make more money sitting at home. And Michael Myers, however, in 1995, his debut over at Dimension Films was The Curse of Michael Myers. Did commentary for that if y'all want to check it out. But somebody over at Dimension thought it was a good idea to pair up Pinhead with Michael Myers. I personally would be against that because it's definitely not a fair fight. I can see Pinhead trying to make Michael Myers a minion of some kind. Uh, I can see them referencing Donald Pleasant saying, you know, Dr. Loomis saying, um, you know, I prayed he'd burn in hell, but in my heart, I knew hell would not have him. I can see them trying to incorporate that into it, but it's just not an even matchup because at the end of the day, they're going to have to go toe to toe and them chains will tear Michael's ass apart, like literally. And you know, I wouldn't just want to see Michael Myers as, as more of a vessel than he already is for evil. Like, I wouldn't want to see him doing Pinhead's dirty work. You know what I'm saying? And it just wouldn't have worked. And one of the things that, one of the reasons it wouldn't have worked, they're not going to sacrifice, they're not going to risk, or should I say, yeah, they're not going to risk bringing Pinhead back to the, to the, bi to the big screen after he's already been shelved for, um, you know, for Michael Myers. What they would have done was they would have put Michael Myers straight to DVD with Pinhead. It would have been a straight to DVD feature. There's no doubt in my mind that that's, that's what they would have done. And it wouldn't have been a good move at all. I, I, and Halloween, if people forget, almost went straight to DVD. After Resurrection, it was a wrap. They were going straight to DVD with that bullshit, man. But um, 
I'm glad they didn't do it. Not a good matchup. Chucky versus Freddy was almost a thing. It was an idea. And I'm like, I get that y'all trying to go for straight up comedy here. Um, I admire your comedic prowess and intentions, but fuck now. Like, y'all can get the fuck out of here with that with that Chucky versus Freddy thing. Would the movie be funny as hell? Absolutely, but we already can't take these characters seriously at all. So, you know, if I if I want to watch Comedy Central, I'll go on Comedy Central. I'll go watch Def Comedy Jam, the you know, the twenty-fifth anniversary or however long the anniversary was. If I want comedy, I'll go comedy. You know, I'm already I already can't take you know freddie seriously i mean jackie r haley did a good job in the 2010 uh, reboot as corny as that shit was and chucky can't really still be taken seriously even after his remake that came out like a year or two ago but it's way more serious in tone than the last several movies have been um with the exception of curse of chucky because that kind of brought the horror roots back into the fold and i appreciate it for that but chucky versus freddie hell no now freddie versus ash versus freddie versus jason versus ash from evil dead was a thing i think there's a script online somewhere if y'all want to scour the internet for that i haven't read it it's not something i'm really into i'm not the biggest you know ash evil dead fan i don't mind the films but i'm not like yeah man i would love to see them three go at it it, it like from what i heard the script was just way too insane and i not only would i not want to read that script and see the treatment for it at all but i wouldn't have wanted to see that on screen because it just would have been so goofy i feel like they would have made a mockery of freddie and jason more than they already have because the evil dead movies weren't to be taken seriously at all they were wacky gory just fun type of stop motion sam raimi flicks back in the day uh, i do love army of darkness if i had to pick one that's my favorite one of the trilogy i love the remake uh the 2013 remake out of all movie uh, you know that out of all the four movies the evil dead movies they have i love the remake the most uh it's just straightforward horror brutal as fuck they commentary for that too if y'all want to check it out now before i wrap this up people let's talk about really 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 quickly and i swear to god we'll wrap it up i didn't know we were going to be an hour and some change into this what do we deserve as far as the verses i still say and i did an episode on this early on if y'all want to check it out and it's like why this could work is what it was called but michael versus jason that's about as even as a matchup as you're going to get. But the only thing is you have to figure out which versions of these two characters you want to do. I say do both the versions of the characters back when they actually bled. You know, like before, you know, they started like bleeding goo or green shit or not even bleeding at all. I would go for Derek Mears, Jason Voorhees versus a Tyler May, Michael Myers. They're both brutal. I know Jason's a lot more agile. And uh, he moves around a hell of a lot faster than Michael Myers does. But I feel like that's as, as even as a matchup as you're going to get. And again, like I said, there's an episode I did where I'm mapping out my thoughts for like a, a, a crossover they could do for that. I think it's pretty plausible, man. And I feel like I know it's two different companies, but I feel like if once these rights are over, this fucking legal battle with the rights or, you know, between Victor Miller and Sean S. Cunningham, whenever they can, you know, stop having this pissing contest and let bygones be bygones and come to an agreement. Maybe Blumhouse should pick up Friday the 13th. Um, I wouldn't mind, you know, if that means we can get Jason back on track with a couple movies and then set him and Michael up for a showdown over at Blumhouse. I'm for it, man, because it's it's the more plausible matchup. You know, you've got two masked killers, um, damn near completely emotionless, no emotion at all, um, and nobody talks. And they both got movements of their own. Now, you could do with the way that they did the... Um, the last two it movies the more recent ones i would say a freddy versus pennywise movie would be fire or freddy versus Jin from wishmaster i feel like these fantastical type of characters um 
who have little bits of humor, Freddie more so than anything, but they got, you know, they started off with little bits of humor here and there. I feel like that's an even matchup because they all have different powers that could, that could um, you know, that they could uh, fuck around with. You know, you, you never know what a Freddie versus Pennywise movie could be like. Pennywise could be asleep for 27 years and he could just stumble upon the boiler room. Who the fuck knows? Jen could be asleep in the gem that he, you know, that Ruby from the first movie or the first two movies, I think it was. Um, and you know, he could run into Freddy or something like that. You never know. I would rather have those two characters, those characters like coincide with one another. Candyman versus Pinhead is another idea. And I only say that because these are two characters that you can have a movie where they are hardly on screen. You know, the first, the first, uh, Hellraiser and the first Candyman movies, these two characters, you know, the title characters are, are hardly on screen and it makes them way more effective when they're on screen. Also, these are like actors who give you that Shakespearean philosophical type of violence when they talk, you know what I'm saying? Um, they, they, their, their dialogues amongst each other would just be amazing. You have to hire a hell of a writer to come up with a Candyman versus Pinhead movie, because one of the, mo one of the strongest points you're going to have outside of the violence and outside of the casting is the dialogue amongst these two characters, man. Cause that's something they could literally talk you to death and you would want to kill yourself because it'll be a better fate than you know the shit that they're going to give you at the end of the day chucky versus leprechaun i don't know it could be risky again if i want comedy central i'll go to comedy central but you know i'd rather chucky versus lep than chucky versus freddy the, the battle of the smallest titans you've ever seen and it would have to be something where leprechaun i don't know he can't use his powers against chucky because chucky don't have no power so it would have to be something along the lines where he needs his coins or somebody slipped him some four-leaf clover so he can temporarily lose his magic i don't know bring back butch from fucking uh leprechaun in the hood to give him I, I don't know what to do now the last one before i wrap this up people is something i feel like they could really pull off here uh and i, I feel like you know we have video games and comic books and stuff like that for this but this is something i almost forgot to mention uh, on my list and it is robocop versus terminator now i know nowadays if they did something like that they would definitely gear towards a pg-13 rate and it's no doubt in my mind we've had pg-13 terminator movies that people didn't receive well which was salvation one of my favorites it's my favorite sequel after t2 um you've had pg-13 robocop movies i think the third movie was pg-13 and the remake was pg-13 uh people hated that remake i actually love the remake uh it i don't love it but i love the cast way better than the original cast in the, in the original film and um i like what they tried to do with it um they tried to upgrade it. it it just didn't sail you know it's hard to it's hard to top paul verhoeven with a, especially with an r rating a hard r rating and that's one thing that would kind of be a mistake I can understand if you want to go with the more high-tech aspect like they did with RoboCop, if you did make a RoboCop versus Terminator that was PG-13, but um, again, it's a big risk because both these movies, you know, the first RoboCop was a hard-rated R, man. It was just gore and blood and just brutality wall-to-wall -wall at some point. This is a fucking melting guy that explodes when a car hits him. The first Terminator um, did commentary for that with my man Omar, if y'all want to check that out. We had a ball watching that, and we came up with the conclusion that it is like a horror movie. The movie's violent as fuck. It's not gory, per se, but there are scenes, you know, where Terminator's doing his, you know, his uh, self-care methods, and he's, like, cutting his eye out, and he's messing with his, uh, you know, his um, gears inside of his, inside of his wrists and stuff like that, or his forearm. There are some nasty moments, uh, some practical moments, but it's like... 
if you do Robocop versus Terminator, you have to go hardcore R-rating. You have to. I could understand if they didn't, but you would lose a lot of fans if you finally did that crossover. And I don't know. You would have to recast both characters because there's no way Arnold's coming back for a Robocop versus Terminator um, you know, hybrid film. And I'm pretty sure no Peter Weller's not coming back either, but I, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't people wouldn't want to see Joel Kinnaman. I feel like I feel like it wasn't his fault playing Robocop. I feel like he was just terribly miscast, but I don't know who I re would recast as Robocop, but I keep saying The Rock should play the Terminator, man. He's still very limber and the guy's very imposing and very intimidating. But all in all, man, I you know, these versus movies don't always work because you have to figure out who to put up against who especially if it's, if it's not like source material you have to be very careful with who you put up against who and that's one of the reasons why i'm glad certain movies didn't get made like i'm glad michael versus pinhead did get made you can't just throw you can't just throw everything at the wall and just see what sticks you have to be very tactical when you bring two big name creatures or characters for that matter on screen it doesn't always work and you got a lot of fans out there who are hungry to see these crossovers especially with things like in the wake of um you know in the wake of something like godzilla versus kong coming but you got people who are hungry to see more of these types of films but you've also got people like me who were not fanboys at the end of the day and we will not you know stand for no bullshit you're not going to give me you know, uh, verbal cop versus shark the puss and shit, and be like, "Yo, this we're telling y'all, man, trust us. This movie's gonna be awesome." Nah, you have to win people over when it comes to these versus movies because I feel like we've had a we've had a bunch that are good and we've had a bunch that are bad. So it's just it's it's dangerous waters. It's dangerous waters to to dive in, but you know, as long as you got some decent scuba gear, and you know, hopefully you don't run into Godzilla while you're down there because y'all seeing in that trailer, man. I, I keep going back to it, man. But y'all see in that trailer, he is literally on some jaw shit. Got his fin just, you know, just above water enough so you can see he's coming for that ship and he's shooting that atomic breath underwater. It's going to be a good time for a versus movie, man. I can't wait to see it. And um, hopefully the future, hopefully this movie paves the way, man. It kicks a bunch of doors down and the future looks bright for, you know, some of the better uh, versus film ideas. I wouldn't mind if they did the reason. But they, first of all, they've got to get the fucking dark universe together. You know, get the get the shit together solo film wise first before you start to cross over Frankenstein and Dracula and all that stuff because they can't get that right. But I'd be cool if once they get it together, they can um you know they can bring those characters back and then you can bring them into the fold and then have a big monster mash like Monster Squad type of film where you know everybody will come together at the end of it and hopefully shake hands. Who knows? Fuck all that. Somebody got to die. They got to give. They got to give monster mashup versus movies better endings where somebody die. But I know you can't do that because. You need a sequel for one or the other. If not both, you need another versus or something like that. But yeah, that uh pretty much wraps up that, people. I'm so sorry to have taken up like an hour and 25 minutes of y'all time, but it's all out of love, man. I make everything come full circle. I try to be, you know, as informative as I can. I think it was the coffee, man, that made me go off the deep, man. But glad I banged it out nonetheless, man. But y'all already know where to go, man. And if y'all don't, y'all can follow the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Breaker, and Radio Public. Shout out to Anchor. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Romero Tudor. Shout out to the Facebook movie group, The Cinemaniacs. Happy Maniac MF and Monday, people. Um, and last but not least, shout out to the Tudor reviewers, the listeners, the lovers, the supporters out there. I see we jumped to that 4.4K, man. I think I saw that this morning. Uh, it was a little bit after, I don't know, maybe 
3 a.m., 4 a.m. or so. I can't remember, man. I, you know, y'all know I sleep like shit, but I can't remember. I did see we jumped up a couple numbers, man. And a couple days ago, it was uh, over a hundred listens, man. I don't listen, man. I really wish I could message y'all individually and thank every single one of y'all, man. Because the love and support that y'all show me, y'all already know, man. I show it back to y'all tenfold and then some. So with that being said, people, yours truly, Romero Tudor. Another episode of Tudor Reviews in a Can. I'll check y'all on the next one.